Hi folks, thanks for listening to Coaches on a Mission. This show is designed to help you, a values-driven coach, build a business you're truly proud of. I'm Dallas Travers, and I wanna thank today's guest, Meryl Kriegsman, for joining me in a very important and a little heated conversation about high-ticket offers. So what I appreciate very much about Meryl is that she runs her business with a ton of intention. She's an incredible woman's health advocate who is dedicated to helping you become the wealthiest woman in your lineage. So Meryl's a former cleaning lady who turned herself into a millionaire matriarch, and she believes that the most powerful thing we can do for our children is become unapologetic female leaders who fearlessly demand what they're worth and get it. Meryl's insights, based on helping more than a thousand women step into self-funded wealth, have been featured all over the place. CBS News, ABC News, Forbes, Fast Company, you name it. So I invited Meryl to the show to talk about what it really takes to sell and deliver coaching at a premium price because no one does this work better than she does. And we covered a lot of ground. Meryl dispelled the myth that the more you charge, the more stuff you have to give. She spelled out a simple and powerful way to design your premium offer. And most importantly, though, we talked about the ethical friction many of us can feel about premium pricing. Yes, it's a highly profitable business model that makes a dramatic impact on the lives of folks who can afford it. But what about the folks who may need coaching but don't have the budget? You know, we didn't really land on a solution to this conundrum. That's a decision each and every coach has to make on their own. But I think our conversation will spark some ideas for you to help you decide whether or not high-ticket offers work for your business. So let's dig in, shall we? Here's Meryl Kriegsman. Hi there, Meryl. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. And we were talking a little bit before we hit record. And I think it's just going to be helpful for so many of our listeners who can overcomplicate their own thought process when it comes to how they price their offers, in particular, Mm -hmm. when they want to roll out a high ticket offer. So thank you for being willing to have this conversation with us today. Before Mm -hmm. we get into the nitty gritty of pricing and offering a high ticket offer. Can you just tell me a little bit more about your mission as a women's wealth advocate? Yeah, for sure. So I started my business when I was very pregnant, basically like sort of like right around the birth of my first daughter. We have three daughters at this point. It was just like this deep realization that my grandma you know, was very, very talented, very gifted woman and had not been able to turn that into being able to provide for herself and her family in a way that felt really loving, very, really struggling with poverty. And then there was my mother who was was very similar to her, right? Extremely powerful, gifted individual and just not being able to turn that into money. And here I was super pregnant, not able to turn my gifts into money. And I was just like, this is awful and it needs to stop. Right. Mm. So I had this moment where I just placed my hand on, on my tummy and I didn't even realize I was having a daughter at that point. And I was just like, I promise you, child, that, you know, if this is what runs in the family, then it has run out. It has run out and we're going to create something new now. So that's what I did. So a couple of weeks after she was born, I started my business you know, yes, to make incredible money, to create deep value for the people that I was working with, but also to just show her what it looked like to see a mother figure really live her purpose, really experience the joy of being well-paid, highly paid for my soul's gifts to this world. And, you know, one of my favorite moments that I often talk about is, you know, when I was able to just like walk out of my little office here, which is like a bedroom that we, you know, renovated a little bit. (laughs) And I had a baby on my boob and I walked up to Keith, who was in the kitchen, which is where he spends a lot of time because he's a total foodie and that's his responsibility. I said to him, like, we broke that million dollar mark on our launch just now. And I felt so powerful and 
like abundantly providing, you know, in all the ways, right? Both through like beholding this child that I was physically right. feeding while also just feeding my entire family while Keith was feeding us in a different way. It was just like the ultimate sort of provider gasm. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, for me, it has always been around being able to give this next generation of girls the possibility to grow up with a millionaire matriarch, right? So a woman that they have family level proximity to who can model what it looked like to give right, right to be successful as an entrepreneur to create money, right? Somebody who maybe looks a little bit like them and who shares a lot of the same traits. And it's very so that they can start younger and more successfully supported on this journey themselves. So that's really the ripple effect that I'm creating. And I would mm -hmm. say I'm not creating it by myself. My husband is also involved a lot. And, you know, it's really something that is more about sort of just like family units rather than women should be shouldering everything and on top of everything around we need to like financially provide, right? Because that's right. not what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. There's something that stuck out to me through that beautiful story that you shared. And I'd love to hear your thoughts around it. So you had this moment where you realized that I can break the cycle and you made that yeah. declaration. Did things just change after that? Can you fill that gap in? Because I think there are a lot of people, especially in the coaching space, yes. where we can maybe fall into too much magical thinking, right? There's yeah. a certain level of affirming and belief that needs to happen. But it's like, if I find the right affirmation, then I can just it's just like one start frequency. To make when I hit that frequency, everything is right? going to be so easy. Yeah. Right? And to some extent, so fill that gap for us. Yeah, absolutely. Right? The gap is filled with just like sugar daily devotion mm. right to this project. I bit into marketing, sales, money mindset, wealth creation. I always say like a terrier, you know, I bit into it like a terrier, like we grew up with a little terrier. And when she would bite into like a stick right on a walk, we would literally be able to swing her around our heads. Yeah. Like <laughs> she would still be holding the stick. You know, that mm -hmm. was me and my relationship to money. So mm -hmm. there were so many days that I was just like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel this is terrifying. You know, I often tell the story of, how my husband at one point wanted to sit me down to do budgeting because he had gone bankrupt about 10 years before we met. So he had done some significant financial healing, right? And, and looking at his habits and stuff and making sure that he was living below his means. He had not had access to credit cards there for a while. So he knew the importance of living below your means. No, what is the, do I say that correctly? Living below within your means. That's the way it's yeah. right. It's like, yeah. wait, there's something mm -hmm. wrong with the sentence. Um, so he would sit me down for like a budgeting session yeah. and I would start to hyperventilate. I was so scared. I was so terrified of actually like owning the truth of mm -hmm. what was going on. And also, you know, like felt it was very humiliating to look at those statements and go like, yeah, I've made $900 this year. Right. It was that bad. And then, but then once I realized I started to like do all kinds of things. I was like babysitting and we were renting out a room on Airbnb and we were, I was like, you know, driving around on my bike while I was pregnant, like cleaning houses. And right. the magic is really in the decision to not let go. Yeah. Right. To not let go until you have called in that reality, right? You have mm -hmm. prepared the path. And I think so many of us are too impatient right? Like my overnight success was like a decade and a half in the making, you know, <laughs> it's sometimes I feel like, yeah, you know, I want to be that person for you that can sort of be this like epitome of just like easeful, like success and stuff. But the fact that matters, I work my ass off. Like, totally. Yes. Yes. You know, maybe not yeah. like time wise, but like mindset and strength and just like ruthless truth telling and rah, it's not easy at all. It's hard work, you know? Yeah. I really hear that. And so, and I think you model that so beautifully that it's about really making the declaration and opening yourself up to embodying abundance and also getting to work. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pivot a little bit and talk about high ticket offers. This is your specialty. And I think a great place to begin would just be to make a case for why high ticket offers are valuable and important. Yeah. So I would say that high ticket is especially a really, really good opportunity for people who are very good at building relationships. Mm. Right. So if you have a knack for, yeah, you know, just like tending to your community and tending to the connections within your community and forging good relationships and then keeping those relationships up and like all the things, then you are in a really fantastic position to very quickly see big results with a higher ticket type offer. Right. It's also usually people who are very relationship focused are really good at holding the intimacy needed, right? To actually make true on the promise of that high ticket offer and like the level of customization and like that really good listening and understanding that's needed to create like these really right intensely transformative experiences, but also right for your lead generation. Like I will say that up until this point, like most of my clients come through referral Mm -hmm. Right. And people like you, right, trusting me enough to come onto their podcast and doing some very, right, specific sort of strategic sort of visibility activities. But still, mostly it's just like people hearing someone talk about me and then them finding me. Right. And then it's about me nurturing those relationships coming into my world that then pave the path for them to actually become clients. Mm -hmm. So, if you don't love talking to people, interacting with people, nurturing relationships, making offers, then it's probably not for you, right? Quite frankly, like it's probably you're better off to create something that's more like course-based, that's more higher volume. But if you are more relationship focused, then this is a wonderful opportunity for you. Right. Thank you for making that distinction. So I wonder, you're alluding to something and I'm recalling a post I saw on your Instagram. Can you talk about, so let's imagine that I am relationship focused. I'm really good at cultivating that kind of connection. How is filling a high ticket program or attracting high ticket clients, how is that different from launching a course and filling it? In particular, I'm curious about like what that buyer's journey looks like and how long it takes. Yeah, yeah. So I have people who see me because somebody shared one of my posts, right, in their stories Mm -hmm. and the day later they buy. And I also have people who are in my periphery, right, my email list. I have a really, really epic sort of email list experience. I have an amazing Facebook group. I have some right? Podcasts, like all kinds of things that I do. And they're just like soaking in there for like two and a half, three years. Yeah. It was really funny when the other day when this was like last year or something, I was looking at who joined my group when, and I could go like, oh yeah, no, the the seal cycle generally speaking is this long because right. All the people that have been in here for about a year and a half who are a good fit have now become clients. Yeah. Right. So it starts with just acknowledging that there is like this wide range of yeah. time that people need, right? Like really based, I think this is an important conversation for us to have, right? Around sort of like risk tolerance versus being more risk averse, both as a high, uh, like a, a person who buys higher end things as well as a person who sells them, right? And that depending on that, they'll take longer or they'll take shorter. But the way that launches look for me is that I love to pre-sell. So I love to say, I'm doing this thing and I think you're really fantastic fit for this and here's why. And I start the process like months in advance and I just start filling it. I just start filling it sort of like at my leisure. I make lists of names of people that I think would be really, really brilliant. I might drop some opportunities for people to already start reaching out to me and booking themselves in for some calls. And what I love about this is that I have basically like a list of names as like one page in a diary that can turn into like millions of dollars. It's like magic, yeah, right? (laughs) But again, right, I'm not just putting everyone on that list. I've been looking and seeing and listening and witnessing for, right, sometimes people like for years, I know them so well. So I know exactly what they're looking for. I know exactly what their problems are. I know exactly what they crave, right? And then I customize 
how I pitch something based on what I know it is that they need it to be. But of course, yeah. I'm also making true on that promise by having ways that I can customize my program experiences. So usually then I go into like a more like a bigger sort of launch wave, but usually by then I've already sold out 60% of the mm-hmm. spots. Basically I'm golden. Like this is just icing on the cake. <laughs> totally. The launch is now just for fun. It's just for fun. And that fun yeah. energy, right, really comes across. So am I paired with like one or two like life experiences, right? And I, I don't mean in person. I have three little kids. I live in the country in Canada. So I'm not going to, I mean, I'm traveling a little bit more than I used to, but I was like totally like stationary there for a while. So I was like some virtual life experiences. I've experimented. I now have landed on sort of like this really works for me. It's great. It's a beautiful flow. I just have really good incentives for people to move when it's time to make their move if they if they choose to. And I always give, you know, some bigger incentives for also paying in full simply because I love the cash flow model of painful. <laughs> I mm-hmm. really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Also as a consumer, like I, I tend to painful as well. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Okay. Before we go any further, just for our listeners, let's clarify what constitutes a high ticket offer. Yes. And I ask this because yeah. I can remember like a decade ago being in a my very first mastermind and they had a big sort of a kickoff three-day conference in Las Vegas and we're partnered up with people. So I'm partnered up with someone and there was some sort of an exercise around pricing. Yes. And yeah. I said to her something about being nervous about my signature program being too expensive. It was $850. <laughs> and yeah. in my mind at the time, that was high Huge. ticket. Yeah. And she was so confused <laughs> because that did not mean high ticket at all. So understanding that every coach and every business owner, they're going to have their own definition yes. for high ticket. Yeah. But in the context of this conversation, how do you define a high ticket, the price point of a high ticket offer? And maybe could you spell out a few elements that we add into the offer? Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. I can share with you sort of what I see as high ticket or high end. And it's funny because I'm, I'm not even in love with that word. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it has like a whole connotation, like culture connected to Mm -hmm. I'm just like me. I'm just more really fascinated by like high value, super exquisitely positioned offers that are worth so much to the right person, right? That's what this is really about. So I love this question because what I, my answer is, right? Because a lot of people ask me this question. I believe every single one of us has a high end edge, right? So like a pricing edge. So this is like the place where if you pitch the offer, you feel that little bit of like adrenaline in your body and you're just like, oh, Part of me like can't believe that I just literally said that number out loud, right? Or like wrote it in an totally. email and send it, you know, like whatever. And it's that same number that if they were to say yes, you're going to like need to take half a day off just to celebrate because it, it's like that life changing, you know, where it's like, I just need to go and anchor this in for myself because otherwise I'm just going to like, Wah! I'm going to do that thing, you know? So those are my two criteria. And you're absolutely right. It's different for each and every single person. But as long as you're in that place with your pricing, right? you're golden because that's ever going to grow, right? That's always going to evolve as you evolve. It's not so much like, oh, I want to play the high ticket game. So I better like lift everything up to at least, you know, $12,500, It's more like, am I in integrity with myself around how I value my own time, my talents, making sure that I call in people who are ready to to really put some skin in the game and not skip calls and not take my Mm. advice and write all those things. And then based on that, like, yeah, this is the number for me right now. And I'm not going to make myself right or wrong for that, right? Like just remove that moral judgment of what you're charging, as long as you feel both sort of excited about it and a little scared and, oh my God, if they were to say yes. Right. And so what I'm hearing, and I'd love to hear you expand on this, you mentioned it a little bit, but 
looking at your pricing as how can I create this level of value for the right person? So in the online space, there's a lot of talk about high ticket this and mm-hmm. and high yeah. ticket that. And it seems to just perpetuate, let's all make money, yeah. right? But what I hear you saying is, great, yes, let's all make money. But the way to relate to this is how much value can you pour in to the person who's ready. And then by pricing things accordingly, the price itself, like that, holy crap, I can't believe I just made that kind of investment. Like that energy is of value to the person as well. So can you talk a little bit more about your perspective around this piece? I think it's really compelling. Yeah, exactly. So, right, there's a lot of like things, like I already said, right, like the whole sort of high ticket vibes. I don't know (laughs) if it's my thing. Like, you know, it seems to be very just sort of like the magic is that we're empowering each other to charge a lot, which I get, I feel is a little bit almost like a rite of passage that an industry needs to move through maybe, Mm. or every person Mm -hmm. needs to move through at some point. But I'm sure we have some listeners here who maybe prematurely tried to put together a high ticket offer and came back from that like real fast because, right, there was a sense of unpreparedness or maybe not truly feeling that it was worth it to the person that they called in for that offer and right sort of feeling bad about that and they don't want to feel bad so now they're you know turned off by high ticket selling right this happens a lot it's like this very sort of like yeah sad cycle that plays out that is perpetuated by people saying things like charge charge your worth right and then you get into a whole conversation around well, does that mean that if I charge this, I'm not valuing myself? Oh, totally. Right? It's oh, such a it's, mind game. It's such a, <laughs> it mind, such a game. mind game, Meryl. Yeah, yeah. And that's not what it is. And that's not sustainable. Yeah. Right. And this is also like why I am still, right, teaching people how to sell high end, high ticket, premium, whatever, after like, you know, six years or something, right? Where there's like so many people come into my space, like one day wonders, and then it's like, well, crash and burn. Because they created like this pyramid where everybody is like charging more and more and more and more and more until there's like an industry shift happening. And then all that collapses and their whole thing collapses with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For example, when you hop over to my case study page on my website, there's like healers there and there's artists there and there's like people who are experts at like ancestral goddesses. And, you know, it's just like this whole different thing. So to come back to your question, maybe you can just like remind me because I, I, yeah. well, I just, you've talked about pouring value and cuss into the right yes. person. Right. So I'll even bring some more context to this. So I can feel listeners right now (laughs) worrying, right, about, well, I can't just like charge high ticket. I'm using giant air quotes here, everybody. I can't just charge my worth because I'm now worried that I won't be able to deliver on that promise or they get into this cycle of what if people say no and I'd rather have some clients paying me less than no clients paying me a lot. They can kind of get in their own way. So your perspective around this really centers the client instead of the price point. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that specifically. Yeah. So I think whenever we center on ourselves, right? Like what Mm -hmm. happens is that the conversation becomes like, how valuable am I and how valuable is my work? How valuable is my worth? And it's impossible to define. It's like this thing that just creates confusion and uh, just navel gazing. It's just not helpful, you know? So the question really becomes not what am I worth, but to whom is this worth so much, right? Where can I meet this person on this specific point in their timeline, in their evolution, where this is like the one puzzle piece that needs sort of to just slot into place for them to feel a whole lot more whole, right? So I'm thinking Mm. about picking an example that I worked on with one of my clients who's an extremely talented, I don't even know exactly what to call her. She's like an all around, just like physical healer. She knows so many modalities. She works in Switzerland. And I was saying to her, like, can you imagine, like, for example, a retired CEO 
who has grandchildren and just wants to be able to travel to right their grandchildren, spend time with them and feel like they can actually participate, but they can't because their back is always out. And so they're most of the time, they're just like laying off on the side with a water bottle in their back and they can't really be as actively mm. involved in right the lives of their grandchildren as they wish to be. Like this person has so much money, but they don't have health, right? In that particular area where she offers support and really expert support, right? To that person, the solution that she offers is absolutely priceless, right? It just is. Yeah. So this is really the, the creative work that we need to do, right? And that very mm -hmm. often we're too scared to do because we, we don't know if we'll find an answer. We don't know if we'll ever experience that sort of click between what we have to offer and meeting a person or people to whom that will be absolutely, right, intensely life-changing. And so we don't really want to go there, but it's it's the work that we need to do. It's the creative work, the, the visioning work that is needed, the experimental work where you sort of look at like, wait, if I position it like this, does that call in the right person? If I start using more of this type of language, I've created this resource for my client and often put it forward in podcasts as well. It's like 10 core motivations, right? Why people really invest high ticket, which is actually different than the thing that you offer, right? It's more around like they right. invest in it because there is a, a legacy motivation or because mm -hmm. there is a deep need for a confidant, right? Because they're a public figure and they really scared that, you know, their secrets are going to be spilled. And so based on that, you can start to really live into sort of like the lived experience of the person for whom this is invaluable. Yeah. And that's where the magic start. That's where the really like very powerful full body chills positioning comes from that is needed mm -hmm. for high ticket offers, right? For more expensive mm -hmm. things. It's usually where our creative juices start to flow, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, and then I talk about this particular benefit and it's just gonna sound like magic to them. Like I remember when I was a copywriter, I would say to my celebrity clients, right? Like celebrities in the online space that I would create like this high converting, highly branded, beautiful experience website for them. So this wasn't even like designing, just like the copy. All they needed to do was like meet me for an hour and just spill and talk about their passion. I would just prompt them with all these amazing questions and they could just drink a cup of tea or have a cup of coffee, put their legs on their desk and just relax, mm -hmm. lean back, have it done to them. And then I would like interview a whole bunch of their clients, interview a whole bunch of their collaborators, strategic partners, and come up and then present this thing to them that was absolutely mind blowing, like in their language, saying yeah. exactly the right things to call in more of the, the most like amazing clients. It was the ultimate magical experience where the only thing they needed to do was transfer me a hefty sum to do my work, right? And just have it done to them mm -hmm. in a position as a CEO where usually you're doing everything, right? To everyone, you're guiding every project and you to always yeah. like instigate and activate. And No, just have it done to you. Just like receive it. It's salt like hotcakes. Like people didn't even know what was happening to them. They talked yeah. about it to their peers. I was more busy than I knew what to do with. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored.
Okay, so here's what's coming up for me, and I am feeling a ton of friction right now. So I'd love to hear your perspective around this. Yeah. I have deep concerns about the coaching industry being something where coaching is now only available to the privileged people who can yeah. afford mm-hmm. high ticket and yeah. who are then rewarded for paying in full because they have mm-hmm. that much abundance in their life. And then there are swaths, most of the planet, right, yeah. who arguably need this kind of support the most, who completely get left out of the equation. So what is your response when you mm-hmm. hear yeah. that type of feedback? Yeah. So I have to right, balance the fact that right? I have three children that I'm responsible yeah. for financially, right? So there's like that side. I'm the sole yeah. provider in our family. I have lofty goals, including lofty, I say that like philanthropic goals, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's that side of the equation. And then there is accessibility as a big question mark. So what I personally do is I just make sure that at least a couple of days a month, I'm very actively giving people in my audience who I know I can't afford me right now, maybe won't for the next few years, a type of access to me, right? So Mm -hmm. I do this in all kinds of ways. So first of all, basically everything that I teach my clients is on my Instagram account. It's absolutely nuts, right? So there's (laughs) so many like actual strategies, including the one that I just mentioned with sort of like those core motivations. It's all on there. So it's totally accessible for free. And I have Mm -hmm. a secret podcast where I literally share the entire breadcrumb path of everything that I'm trying in my own business. All the like self-coaching questions that I use to get to a better place, strategies that I use with my clients that are very successful, things that I tried that weren't successful that they can, you know, hopefully not have to go through those mistakes in a trial and error. Right now I'm selling it for like 97 bucks or something. It's going to be for free or for $7 Mm -hmm. or something. So again, like super accessible for a year subscription. I also didn't do this because for various like family reasons, but I'm going to do uh, like live sessions again, like inside of my Facebook group community where people can ask questions, they can join in, they can submit questions that they have and be sort of coached. So not not unlike your own model. My email newsletter is something that a lot of people have advised me to turn into like a paid model and I'm not going to, and I don't think I ever will. It Mm -hmm. is, I would say about four hours of just beautiful writing that I do every single week. And they're absolutely exquisite. So there's like all the ways that I give people access to my thought leadership, the things that I teach. And yeah, there's a layer that I have to reserve for paying clients simply because I know that the more well-fed and overflowing financially I am, the more freely I can actually write, give and give back. When it comes to painful, I'm personally of the opinion that when people are able to afford programs like this. Now we're talking about like shades of privilege. So I feel a little bit less inclined to sort of feel bad about that one. Also because it is a higher risk sort of investment, not just an investment. It's like you have to be ultra discerning about who you buy from and you have to be ultra discerning about who you let into your program. And I just know from doing this for years and years and years that there has to be sort of just a mutual decision to say like, okay, we're going to take that risk and we're going to both be full in and we're going to see this through. And when that's missing and when that sort of gets a little wobbly, especially when there's like, you know, economic things happening that are a little like, whoa, you know, like something is changing, something is shifting. I need to shift my positioning. There's just a lot of people who get cold feet. I am not interested in talking people off the ledge and and sort of be Mm -hmm. full in. I'm just like, I know that you can come here, that you can get the support that you need. I don't want you to be in a position where you are questioning whether you are worth that support, whether you are ready for that support. Maybe you're not ready anymore for that. It's like, it creates like static that I'm personally not interested in having in my life. Yeah. Yeah, That's another like invest in yourself, 
invest your worth, like kind of manipulation tactic, actually, right? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> Charge and your worth, invest your worth. Invest your worth. Yeah. I hate how so it still I, works for people. <laughs> you know, that's like- I know, I, right? I, I it's so true. It would be so easy if I pulled that lever right now and I'm not going to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. So hard. Yeah. So when it comes to accessibility, what I hear you saying is- you understand, number one, your responsibilities to your family. So that is a priority to you. Yeah. You also understand that by having a small group of premium clients who you are pouring into, right? This isn't just about charging what you can get away with. I hear that loud and clear yeah. from you. Yeah. That then affords you more creativity, more spaciousness to give things away. Yes. And mm -hmm. I think there's yeah. also a part of us that needs to be just okay to be paid and not like for the sake of giving more. Like I'm really noticing this within myself. It's not just like seeing yourself as almost like a vessel, right? Where it pours in and then it pours out. Like we need to actually retain some of it for the sake of us and just say, I just made this huge sale and I'm going to proudly drag sort of like the kill home, right? quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? And we're going to, we're going to butcher it. And then we're going to have food for the whole winter, right? There's something really honorable about that as well, that I think we try to skip over where it's like all just like receiving for the sake of giving. And this, I think goes into almost like a little bit of, yeah, you know, just the way that we adore and almost like revere people who are selfless which is actually mm -hmm. a really primal pattern, right? Like people who are selfless are good people to have in your tribe and right. Therefore, like it makes us feel safe. And, but also to just say like, no, this is also just for me to have, for me to receive, for me to enjoy can actually yeah. really bring the kind of calming of your nervous system. This is just, it's okay to receive. Yeah. Then creates the ability to give from the overflow from a much more healthy place. Right. But not because that yeah. was like the sole intention. There was also an intention around your ability to receive. And I think that this is like, this is such a subtle conversation that gets really mm -hmm. pulled into a binary in our coaching industry, where it's you're either just like selfishly calling in and, and having and enjoying and the jets and the yachts and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, right. And then on the other side, we have the people who are like, I only do this so that I can give more. And I'm like interested in sort of the, wait, what is in between? If this is a spectrum, like what lives in the middle here? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I agree with you. And I also disagree with you okay. as strongly yeah. when it comes to this conversation about price accessibility. I totally respect your perspective and it's not the same being on your email newsletter as it is being in a coaching container with you. So, so how, what would how you for suggest? you do you reckon? You I don't know that I, I'm asking the question because I don't have a suggestion, right? And I really don't think one is morally better than the other, but I feel so much friction around price accessibility. And I can even feel myself, I feel like sweaty right now thinking about mm -hmm. – Equity, not even fairness, but equity, because the retired CEO with a bad back has had a very different lived experience yeah, than yeah. many so, other people with grandchildren and a bad back, and which isn't to say <laughs> yes. that now yeah. we all just have to give stuff away, right? Because that is inherently problematic as well for a lot of reasons. But I'm just wondering how for you, you how you're able to reconcile that. Yeah. So, well, I think... You know, I've experimented with things yeah. like scholarships. I suspect you have too. And it also wasn't the answer. Yeah. So I think that to some extent, we need to almost like accept that there maybe is a type of friction. I don't know what else to give. Like according to my own coaches, I'm like way too accessible and giving away way too much. And right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like... Here's what I'm thinking now. So yeah, one of the things that I am planning on doing is just as I have more mobility now with like my youngest being three years old, mm -hmm. I'm planning on just 
going on tour and having these living room conversations around wealth and just having it be hosted by someone who just wants to open up their living room and invite a bunch of right the women in their community and just talking and just being in each other's space like literally like also physical space yeah right like i feel there's there's something really magical about that like i said like my business coaches are like why don't you charge five thousand dollars per ticket and i'm just like i'm not feeling it i think i'm just gonna do it for free i'm mm-hmm. just gonna show up and i'm just gonna say to people like hey here's the itinerary of all the cities that i'm gonna like hit in north america and maybe then europe and we're just gonna have these these conversations about wealth and about business, about what it really takes. And I'm going to make some really good, like, you know, personalized, like book recommendations and all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's another layer I'm really interested in adding, but also knowing that the scholarship model for like very complex reasons, by the way, that, you know, deserve like a whole different episode, totally. like just didn't yes. work as well. And yeah, I had the um, same experience when yeah. we tried to roll out a scholar. And I, yeah. I haven't given up on it yet, but I haven't yet found a way for it to feel aligned. So I hear yeah. you on that. You yeah. know what's standing out to me right now as I'm talking to you? I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation. And it reminds me of a conversation I had earlier today with one of my Hive members who presented an offer and the person who she presented the offer to started negotiating and asking for Mm -hmm. discounts. And she just was not expecting that. And where we landed is what I see you embodying so beautifully, and that's intentionality. You are not charging high ticket for the sake of high ticket. Like you are so clear on the value that you give. You are so clear on who finds that valuable and who doesn't. You're really clear on how you contribute to the broader community. You're so intentional about your role within your family. And that that's the light bulb that came on for me. And yeah. I love what you said about like maybe the friction is just supposed to inherently be there. So how do we dance with the friction? I think, I think and yeah. it's intentionality, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. also I think almost like a humility quite frankly. Yeah. I've said mm. these questions for the last like couple of years, like big, big time. I bet. Part of me was like, okay, I just like, first of all, like you said, I have to live with there. There's always going to be some friction. Number two, I can only give so much without it starting to like burn me the fuck out. Right. Yeah, and, right. and really start to compromise me being able to be present mother, me being able to be an amazing partner, me being mm-hmm. an amazing community member. I have to make sure that I am not just morally in integrity, but just in integrity as in I'm not walking around like bleeding in a hundred different directions because somehow I feel I have to, right? And then also there is just this thing to acknowledge, I feel that we can only do so much. There is a beginning and an end to what we can give and how much change we can create. And I used to have like these really lofty sort of like, we can steer the fate of humanity, like with this new business model. (laughs) And I was like asking myself like, wait, this feels like a whole dance I'm doing about like who has the most equitable, like everything and everything gets like dissected until it needs to be completely void of any sort of like, this is for me. Thank you very much. I'll take the blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, for me and my family. There's so much to say on this that I'm literally like, my brain yeah. is just like overflowing, but have some humility. Like when I stopped trying to design this perfectly equitable business model, I could tell yeah. you that my giving went way up yeah, right. <laughs> compared to where it was before, because I was tending to myself. I felt grounded. I felt nourished. I was, and quite frankly, also I was working with the people who are ready to receive what I have to give because that shit is like next level. Yeah. Business strategies that I teach my people are very simple. They're very like uh, essential, but they're very refined. And if you are not like very well established in your business, you're not going to be able to run with what I teach you. So there's Mm -hmm. just, there's just no point right? There's just no point. So this is where I've landed right now. It is a unfinished journey, right? Is how (laughs) I would describe it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really well said. 
Really well said. Thank you. And thank you for receiving that question. I kind of put you on the hot seat there, but I'm grateful we had this conversation because I think I even see inside of myself where I'm looking at it in a very binary way and it's nuanced and it's layered and it's a moving target. So thank you for reflecting that back to me. Yeah. I want to shift gears slightly before we wrap up and just hear from the expert when it comes to We've said this a few times, right? Identifying who gets extraordinary value from the thing that you yeah. have to give and framing it that way. What, though, are some of your favorite ways to curate or cultivate that premium experience for someone? I really believe that it doesn't need a lot of extras, right? So what we see a lot is that high ticket feels like you know, I'm barely surviving what I'm giving now. Like if I'm going to charge that much more money, I don't think I'm going to live. <laughs> I don't think I'm going right. to pile on so many extras. Right. Yeah. 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 So one of the most common themes that we see when people step into our space is that they, they need to unlearn padding, right? So mm. charging five times as much is an indicator around who and where will you find this person for whom this is really right invaluable? And by the way, they're not always people that are ex CEOs. Maybe that was a right. bad example, you know. <laughs> There's also lots of people who choose to have one line in their budget where they spend a ton more than other areas of their life. Uh, mm -hmm. Like a couple that decides to go into sort of like a year of like therapy and counseling, right? That normally might be very sort of aware of their spending, but this is what they've decided. This is yeah. where the, the full body chills positioning comes in and really being able to position things as a necessity for the people who it is a necessity for, you know? Mm -hmm. So the unlearning of padding, right? Charging five times as much doesn't mean there's five times as much access that they get to you five times as many calls, five times, right? The amount of whatever, right? Energetic pouring into the container. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. So there's an unlearning of the padding and then the embracing of, you know, what I would call exquisite simplicity, right? right? Like, can you understand that the value of this is in the quality of your presence and the quality of your listening and the quality of your reflecting, and if you are a service provider, it's not in the amount of pages this website has that you, let's stick with an example that I know, right, as a, as a copywriter. I would counsel my people to have less pages, maybe have a blog with like a ton of pages for like SEO purposes or whatever, but have a couple of pages that are so exquisitely written that really, you know, it's not just that I just wrote a website for you, but I just outlined your entire like messaging framework and the things that people mm -hmm. really need to hear and that you just need to bring up in the conversations you're having with your potential partners and your potential whatever peers or to get yeah. visibility opportunities. Like this is all inside this beautiful mosaic of all the language that we've created for you. So, so valuable. But people were literally paying me, right, $25,000 for a couple of pages in Google, you know, right. Realistically. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So I want to reflect back what I heard because this is my big takeaway from our conversation. Just because I'm charging five times as much doesn't mean that I create that kind of value by adding five times as many calls, yeah. Voxer support events. It's actually less can often be the thing that deepens the experience and creates the real value. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. often say things like in my own coaching containers, like I really want to make sure that this lands. And then I say like this one thing that they're just like ready to hear and it changes yeah. everything. That is like the transformational power that we can give to one another, like in the coaching space, right? It's like that thing that just lands perfectly, like in that moment. Mm -hmm. That, for example, can be the skill, right? Yeah. Or making your people feel like exquisitely heard, seen, and acknowledged in their experience, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Instead of you just doing your spiel and talking over them and not hearing the question underneath the question. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not daring to go there because it feels risky. There's so many different types of layering the value also based on like the gifts that you have to give, 
right? Mm-hmm. And your unique sort of, yeah, like patterning within your own genius. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wow. High ticket. I have enjoyed every moment of this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Meryl. And I do want to say you are 100% right about the value that you pour into your Instagram page. (laughs) For all of our listeners, you absolutely need to follow Meryl because everything you drop is just pure gold. And I want to thank you for your generosity there. Yeah. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me and thank you for challenging me in public unexpectedly. I loved it. (laughs) I think we were both, we had kind of prepared a little bit for the conversation. What I wasn't prepared for was to feel like the intensity that I felt. So I really appreciate you meeting me there. And I think, especially for the community who listens to this show, this is an important conversation to be had. So thank you for showing up. You know, and and what I want to say as we wrap up, it's actually most people are afraid of the intensity that seems to always come with high tickets exchanges, right? There Mm -hmm. is something really intense about it. And even me having been in here for years and years and years, I still get triggered. So I feel you. It's like, it's sometimes it's so, it involves so like a deep commitment, both financially and energetically. And then sometimes it doesn't work out and it's intensely painful. And then when it does work out, it's intensely amazing. And it's, you know, that's really the question. Like, do you enjoy or can you navigate? Do you trust yourself to navigate the intensity that comes with operating in a higher ticket, more premium space? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great place to leave it today. Thank you everybody for tuning in. And Meryl Kriegsman, thanks so much for being on Coaches on a Mission. We will see you back here next Sunday, folks. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now, and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.